Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. For over 175 years, four purposes have defined Hillsdale's mission, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to our brothers and sisters at Hillsdale for their great sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Seven seven three eight one three eight one one eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one. Okay. This administration is using all the techniques, all the tools, all the elements of American Marxism to drive an agenda that is extraordinarily destructive and unpopular now let me explain what I mean the abuse of language language lying lying about what you're actually doing changing titles on bills so let's unravel some of this among other things Joe Biden says that they have reduced the federal deficit by $1.7 trillion. Now, how do you reduce the federal deficit by $1.7 trillion? By spending trillions of dollars and creating more debt. By lying. By playing games with statistics. What happened is in the middle of COVID, the Democrats and the Republicans could not spend enough money. Trillions of dollars were poured into the economy to deal with COVID and the lockdowns at the height of the pandemic. Remember, it was like money grew on trees. It didn't matter. Democrat, Republican. Trillions. So when you use that as a baseline, that's like using the spending during World War II as a baseline for a post-World War II economy. But you don't do that because they're extraordinary times and exigent circumstances, right? 
So what Biden is doing is he's taking all that spending that occurred to subsidize manufacturers, to get to vaccines, to get people money because they were unemployed, to help subsidize small businesses, much of which you and I were all against. But nonetheless, trillions of dollars on top of already a federal budget. Biden is now adding that in and using that as the baseline. And say, look, we've already cut the budget by $1.7 trillion. We've already cut the deficit, I should say. And by the way, he doesn't mean in one year's time. He means over 10 years' time. So they just throw this out there because they know the vast majority of Americans, not you, but the vast majority, have no idea what the hell he's talking about. And he says $1.7 trillion, we've already reduced it. People say, yeah, that's great. Now, you know he's spending like a drunken Marxist. So he's not cutting anything. He's not cutting anything. They have this so-called Build Back Better law that would spend another five and a half to six trillion dollars. It was blocked by one, that's two votes, mansion and cinema. That's it. So they circle back. They take many of the most destructive policies in that law, in that law, put it in this bill, including 87,000 new IRS agents, including nearly $400 billion to dismantle what's left of the fossil fuel industry, and buy all these products, batteries and solar panels that are manufactured by the communist Chinese, and God knows what else is in this bill. Billions for their best friends. They circle back and they spend this, and they say it'll save us another $300 billion because we're going to hire the IRS and we're going to go after the rich. How many times have you heard this? How many times? Now, that's the fiscal state we're in. It's a disaster. It's a disaster. Your children and grandchildren are going to have to make up all the difference for what Joe Biden and his party are doing. There's simply no question about it. No question about it. And we are betraying our children and our grandchildren. We're betraying future generations, generations yet born. We're burdening them with an impossible, impossible task to dig out from under the debt that we are creating. And so now we have this student loan issue that your grandkids are going to have to pay for. That their children and their grandchildren are going to have to pay for. The total debt for colleges and universities, that is the total load of the loans, is over $1.2 trillion. It's actually now closer to $2 trillion. And for what? As a result of this massive 
subsidizing of colleges and universities. They get bigger and bigger and more and more facilities and pools and soccer fields and football fields, new buildings, new libraries, overpaid tenured professors who maybe teach one course a week. It gets more and more bloated and bloated and bloated. And there's no oversight. Why? I talk about this in American Marxism and in Plunder and Deceit. There's no oversight, mainly because these are indoctrination mills for the left. These professors are protected. There is no academic freedom for those who disagree. There's no free speech on college campuses. These are indoctrination mills. This is what John Dewey wanted 100 years ago, and this is what you got. And now they're doing the same thing at all levels of education. Most of you have loans. Whether it's a mortgage on a home or a property, whether it's a loan on an automobile, whether it's a small business loan, whether it's a loan, say, to fix your roof, most of you have loans. And yet they pick out these loans, these student loans, which now the government controls and owns, meaning you and I are on the line for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hundreds of billions of dollars in debt on student loans. And according to the University of Pennsylvania, 70% of what Joe Biden just signed off on today goes to the top 60% of the wealthy in America. And 50% of this $10,000 loan forgiveness goes to people with advanced degrees beyond four years. So basically we've put wealthier Americans, wealthier Americans with college degrees and higher on welfare. They're now welfare recipients. That's what this is. Welfare. Welfare from blue-collar Americans, middle-class Americans, poor Americans, to these people. Now, why would they do this? Not only because of what I said, these are indoctrination mills, these are Democrat voters. These are Democrat voters. The truth is that the more degrees you have, the more likely it is you're going to vote Democrat. Because you think you're smarter than everybody else and you want to control everybody else. And the fewer degrees you have, more likely you are to vote for Republicans. So basically, I'll say, because nobody else will, you have Republicans subsidizing Democrats. You have more likely Republican voters subsidizing more likely Democrat voters. People who live in Manhattan, the east and the west side. As an example. People who live in the wealthiest gentrified areas of the major cities in this country. Among others. This is akin to grand larceny. When a political party has control 
of your tax money in the federal treasury and uses it like the mob. Then there's the next question. Since when do presidents with a signature on a piece of paper forgive loans? Since when do presidents on their own without legislation the executive branch not the legislative branch since when can a president since when does a president have the power to decide you know what I'll give $10,000 forgiveness if you earn this and don't earn that constitution couldn't be clear spending borrowing taxing bills come out of the house but you need a bill But Biden's not doing it with a bill. How is this not an impeachable offense? Violating the Constitution. And he does it willy-nilly. When it comes to our immigration laws, he simply won't enforce them. He refuses to enforce them. Multiple immigration laws. Nobody talks about impeachment. Certainly not in the corrupt Democrat Party media. Joe Biden violates the Constitution all the time. He violates federal law all the time. Donald Trump never has, even in this latest, in this latest rogue operation by the Democrat Party Federal Bureau of Investigation and the Democrat Party Department of Justice. To all of you folks out there who think the Democrat Party represent you, they don't. I don't care if you're black or brown or red or yellow or white and everything in between. They don't. They feather bed, as they used to say, for their own. For their own. The centralization of government isn't to help the people. It's to control the people. Can't have all these states doing different things. And you can't have all these people exercising their free will, exercising free speech and freedom of association, protesting. Unless they're of the Democrat Party militia and mob, then they can protest and burn things down. Then they can threaten Supreme Court justices without fear of prosecution. Go to their homes and keep their kids awake. Keep the neighbors awake, even though it violates federal law. Almost 5 million people have come to our border. Almost 1 million of them have crossed the border, and we don't even know where they are. We don't even know who they are. And over another million came across illegally, and we're encouraged to do so. Who does that benefit? Does that benefit the average American? This is Joe Biden. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. Folks, it's no secret that Americans are more divided than ever. And it's not just over what policies will improve our great country. No, it's over whether America is great at all. Whether America deserves our love. That's why in Primus, Hillsdale's Digest of Liberty is so important. 
Imprimus looks at the issues of the day from a constitutional perspective, reminding citizens always of our great heritage of liberty. For 50 years, Imprimus has featured speeches given at Hillsdale events by the smartest conservative thinkers and writers. These days, Hillsdale publishes people like Victor Davis Hanson, Molly Hemingway, and Chris Rufo. Over 6.2 million American households and businesses receive Imprimus absolutely free, and I urge you to sign up for it today at absolutely no charge. I always look forward to receiving my copy of Imprimus. My friends at Hillsdale and I want you to have a free subscription as well. To get your free subscription, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Nancy Pelosi, a little over just one year ago, pointed this out. Cut nine, go. People think that the president of the United States has the power for debt forgiveness. He does not. He can postpone. He can delay. But he does not have that power. That would has to be an act of Congress. And... Um, uh, I, I, I don't even like to call it forgiveness because that Im- implies a transgression. It's not to be forgiven. Get, get just freeing people. Ah, from- shut up, mumbles. Anyway, folks, you get the point. And as pointed out in an excellent piece by Diana Glebova at NR, the Department of Education came to the same decision, arguing that the executive branch, quote, does not have the statutory authority to cancel, compromise, discharge, or forgive on a blanket or mass basis. Principal balances of student loans and or to materially modify the repayment amounts or terms thereof. But that doesn't stop them. Now, when you're president and you're violating the Constitution, separation of powers, authority specifically granted to Congress, our elected representatives, And you've been told such by the Department of Education, and you've been told it even by the Speaker of the House, and you go ahead and do it anyway. How is that not a constitutional offense? And I might add another point for you former federal prosecutors hanging around TV stations, and those of you who are busy chasing down trespassers and paraders. Joe Biden just stole... $300 billion from hardworking, blue-collar, middle-class, lower-class Americans stole it to give it to the 60% wealthiest Americans who went to college and beyond. That's what he did because it's illegal. Folks, it's no secret that Americans are more divided than ever, and it's not just over what policies will improve our great country. No, it's over whether America is great at all, whether America deserves our love. That's why Imprimus, Hillsdale's Digest of Liberty, is so important. Imprimus looks at the issues of the day from a constitutional perspective, reminding citizens always of our great heritage of liberty. For 50 years, Imprimus has featured speeches given at Hillsdale events by the smartest conservative thinkers and writers. These days, Hillsdale publishes people like Victor Davis Hanson, Molly Hemingway, and Chris Rufo. Over 6.2 million American households and businesses receive Imprimus absolutely free, and I urge you to sign up for it today 
at absolutely no charge. I always look forward to receiving my copy of Imprimus. My friends at Hillstone and I want you to have a free subscription as well. To get your free subscription, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Mark Levin doesn't just read the news, he makes the news. Call the Mark Levin Show now at 877-381-3811. I thought there was an especially good piece by Charles C.W. Cook at NR. It says, Scranton Joe is sending cash from the people he cynically pretends to care about to the people he really cares about. A few moments before I sat down to write this piece, I opened the door to six guys in blue shirts who, came, who had come to my house to replace our air conditioning units. The Florida weather being what it is, I've seen some of these guys work on our air conditioners before, and they are as skilled and knowledgeable and conscientious and hardworking as you might expect. The company they work for, which is local to North Florida, was started by a guy who chose to forego college in favor of making out a small business loan to strike out on his own. Most of the technicians who work for him didn't go to college either. They took a different path, and well... What absolute chumps the president has just made of them all. Squirm if you like, but that's the truth of the matter. As of today, the six air conditioning technicians in my house are on the hook for college loans that were signed for, spent, and enjoyed by other people. Confirming the measure today, Biden announced that any American who has both college debt, they would, va- they would have vowed to repay, and an individual yearly income under 125000 or 250 for a family will be given up to $20,000 by the Treasury, which means by you and by me and by everyone else who pays taxes in America. Why? Well, that's the question. The answer can't be because that's what the relevant law anticipates or requires. As of yet, Congress has provided no authorization for the executive branch to arbitrarily write off some of the money that borrowers owe to taxpayers. As of yet, Congress has passed no rules that allow down-on-their-luck presidents to throw money at people for political gain. As of yet, Congress has given no instruction that if the president's friends might like a little more cash, he can raid the Treasury to give it to them. Certainly, Congress has set up a loan program, but the deal there is rather simple, all told. First you borrow, then you pay back what you borrowed. There's no mention of forgiveness, days, or, or of help, or of rolling uh, jubilees, and by pretending otherwise, President Biden is making a mockery of his oath to uphold the Constitution. Now, of course, even he doesn't raise impeachment. If he violated the Constitution and did so knowingly, I don't know why we don't. Another answer that won't fly is to lower the cost of education. As Biden made clear today, this is a one-time deal, a lottery, a lightning strike. People who paid off their loans last week aren't covered. People who will take out new loans after the policy has run its course aren't covered. The problems in the system aren't addressed. The colleges and their endowments are left unmolested. American culture's increasingly credentialist presumptions are not altered. Within four years, overall debt will return to its present level. With a stroke of a pen, the already fake deficit savings within the so-called Inflation Reduction Act will be wiped out. This isn't a reform. 
It's not even pretending to be reform. It's a contemptuous, abusive, unbelievably expensive shot in the dark. The net effect of which will be that fewer people correctly calibrate whether college is worth it. Fewer colleges change their offerings to meet market demand. And because this sort of executive giveaway will now loom large as a possibility, fewer people feel the need to even save for college. Seems so arbitrary. Why does Biden not want to do the same thing for loans on trucks owned by plumbers? Why not for mortgages, which, given how heavily it subsidizes them, the federal government clearly thinks are worthwhile? Why not for credit cards or auto payments or mom-and-pop credit lines? The answer, I'm afraid to say, is disgustingly classist. Because Joe Biden and his party believe that college students are better than everyone else. Because Joe Biden and his party believe and his party prefer college students to you. And they think those students ought to be rewarded for that by being handed enormous gobs of your money. Electricians, store managers, deli workers, landscapers, waitresses, mechanics, entrepreneurs, screw them. Sure, college grads make more money than non-grads, and their unemployment rate is lower too. But non-grads don't have access to the president, so they don't matter. They're tradesmen, the riffraff, the great unwashed. They're background noise, dirty-handed types, second-classers. They don't deserve 10000 in debt reduction. What would they even do with it? Go hunting? Give it to their church? Their role is to subsidize the superior people. And the superior people go to college. Why did Joe Biden do all this? That's why. Why was this what Joe Biden chose to break his oath to achieve? That's why. When it came down to it, good old Scranton Joe sent cash from the sort of people he cynically pretends to care about to the sort of people he actually cares about. The privileged, accredited, self-dealing clerisy that his ever-dwindling political party now calls its base. He said... Why was this what Joe Biden chose to break his oath to achieve? It's an impeachable offense. He broke his oath. He violated the Constitution. He literally, literally stole $300 billion from certain Americans and gave it to other Americans without any, any legal basis whatsoever. And now they say, play catch up. Who's going to sue? Where are you going to sue him? What kind of judge are you going to get? No, no. This is an impeachable offense. There is absolutely no question in my mind about this. None. Even Pelosi knew that he didn't have the power to do this. Trump never did this. The great Senator Tom Cotton, he had a comment on this today. Cut 10, Mr. Producer. Go. Of all the dumb things Joe Biden has done, this may be the dumbest yet. I know it's stiff competition, but just think about how unfair this is for all the Americans who are harmed by this, who are now on the hook for hundreds of billions of dollars of other people's loans. All the Arkansans who didn't go to college, who became farmers or ranchers, plumbers, carpenters, welders, all the Arkansans who went to college 
and work to put themselves through so they didn't have to take out debt, whether they were waitressing or, or bartending. And all the Arkansans who went to college and took out loans and, and paid off those loans, not only do they not benefit from this, but they are harmed by it because they now are on the hook through their tax dollars and our public debt for paying off hundreds of billions of dollars of other people's loans. Not just It's also yeah. highly inflationary, highly inflationary mm. at a time when we still have record high inflation. And finally, it simply encourages colleges to raise tuition, harming a new generation of students. That's, that's why I say this is a terrible policy. It's going to harm many more Americans than it will help. And who's being screwed over by this policy? You've heard comments on many. It's an excellent piece by Melissa McKenzie in the American Spectator. Graduates who worked their way through college. Graduates who've paid their loans back. Parents who saved up to pay for their kids' college. Parents who paid part of their kids' college tuition. Graduates who took private loans. Graduates who consolidated their loans. Their loans. Current students. Working class people who never went to college. Poor working class, middle class people who can't buy food or gas because of inflation. Anybody with a sense of fairness or a brain that can comprehend how this punishes those who do the right thing and incentivizes those who don't. Now, who are the people who benefit? Colleges that don't have to account for driving up loans on nonsense degrees. Graduates with stupid degrees who can't get a job. Think women's studies. White suburban women with college degrees staying at home to take care of the kids who worry about their student loans. This proclamation by the team Biden is a political reward to his base. Rich white people with postgraduate degrees. These overeducated fools are the Democrats' core constituency. They're who inhabit his out-of-touch administration. They're the ones who benefit from this. The tiny detail of Biden making whimsical declarations of absolute authority will bother none of those who gravely intoned that there needs to be a return to norms. The new norm is that Biden is king. He can remove Donald Trump's presidential authority over his own records. He can give $10,000 checks to his favorite people. No more lectures by the people who got this tyrant elected. As the republic fails, these thieves raid the treasury and pay off their favorite constituents. Got to keep the brainless army of the overeducated marching in Biden's direction. All hail Joe Biden. King. But then there's Lizzie Warden. Lizzie Warren. Elizabeth Warren on MSNBC today. This is all good for the economy. It's good for the people. Cut 11, go. Look, I'm not at all surprised that Mitch McConnell is attacking this. And the reason he's attacking it is because it is very, very popular. Popular among Democrats, independents, Republicans, popular. And you know why? Because I don't think there's anybody left in America who doesn't know somebody who isn't struggling with student loan debt. Let me deal with this. She doesn't know anybody in America who doesn't know somebody who's struggling with student loan payments. How about people who are struggling with car payments? How about people who are struggling with house payments? How about people who are struggling with all kinds of payments? Thanks to her and her party and the dingbat who's in the Oval Office. You have to admit it wasn't this way two years ago. 
So they've decided that it's just this little niche of the population, the wealthiest among us, who are struggling. They voluntarily took out a loan. They voluntarily signed to the terms. Let me ask you a question. If you took out a mortgage on your home and you missed several payments, what happens? What happens? You lose your home. If you took out a loan on a car and you missed several payments, what happens? They reclaim the car. And we can go down the list. It's not like Joe Biden said, and he shouldn't, by the way. Anybody who has a loan, whether it's a home loan, a car loan, an air conditioning loan, a roof loan, any kind of loan, every American gets $10,000 to help them pay off their loan of any kind, which would be crazy, right? But that's where you would have equality. That's where you would have their, their all-important equity, right? Why is that guy's loan, who's going to Brown and Harvard and Columbia and did and all the rest of it, a priority and more important and more precious than yours? So you can put a roof over your head. And what about all those people who paid off their student loans? Good Americans. What about them? And what about all the people going forward who will get student loans? What about them? This is sickening. This is grotesque, and he doesn't even have the constitutional or legal authority to to do this. He just stole $300 billion from you. Stole it. Stole it like a common crook, a common criminal. Stole $300 billion from Americans who are less well-off and gave it to Americans who are better off. He stole it. His party's excited about it. The Marxists in Congress demand it. In order to do what? To empower the Democrat Party. That's what. Because that's all they care about. That's why I keep calling it the United States of the Democrat Party. That's what it's become. I think I owe you something, right, Mr. Producer? I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Folks, it's no secret that Americans are more divided than ever, and it's not just over what policies will improve our great country. No, it's over whether America is great at all, whether America deserves our love. That's why Imprimus, Hillsdale's Digest of Liberty, is so important. Imprimus looks at the issues of the day from a constitutional perspective, reminding citizens always of our great heritage of liberty. For 50 years, Imprimus has featured speeches given at Hillsdale events by the smartest conservative thinkers and writers. These days, Hillsdale publishes people like Victor Davis Hanson, Molly Hemingway, and Chris Rufo. Over 6.2 million American households and businesses receive Imprimus absolutely free, and I urge you to sign up for it today at absolutely no charge. I always look forward to receiving my copy of Imprimus. My friends at Hillsdale and I want you to have a free subscription as well. To get your free subscription, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Hey, 
And look how they do this. They spent $800 million last week. Now they're spending another $300, $500, $600 billion this week. Before that, they spent a trillion dollars. Before that, they spent $1.9 trillion. This is in addition to the federal budget. In addition to the five, five and a half trillion dollars they're spending. Just a new policy comes in, and it's just the beginning. They're not going to stop. They're going to destroy this country. They hate this country. They're going to destroy this country. They think they have a, ma- a majority, which is minuscule, that they pass laws, that they, can, that they can fight Mother Nature, that they can fight the laws of economics, that they can just change things because they're believers, true believers in an ideology that has resulted in the destruction of tens of millions of human beings. I say to the parents out there, you would give your life for your kid. And yet, those of you who support Biden and that party, you're destroying the very society your children live in and your grandchildren are going to live in. Who the hell do you think is going to pay for this? You think it just goes away into the ether? It doesn't work that way. That's why you have societies that have collapsed. Whether in Germany... Zimbabwe, wherever you look, Sri Lanka, Venezuela, they collapse. And when they collapse, you lose everything. Many people lose their lives. What do you think this country is going to look like 20, 30, 50, 100 years from now? My God. And then you have to pretend things aren't the way they are. Whether it's the economy, whether it's physicality of human beings, why do you think they're doubling up the IRS? That is a police force, effectively. They're armed. Why do you think they're doing that? They know what's coming. They know what they're doing to the economy. They know what they're doing to the country. And they're going to need absolute conformity and adherence to their rules. Why do you think they want access to your account, $600 or more going in or out of your account? They want to know exactly what you're doing with your own money. This is part and parcel of what we're seeing here, ladies and gentlemen. The fundamental, the fundamental alteration of this nation. I'll be right back. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post... Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. We've got a lot more, America. Stick with me. We'll get to it as much as I can, as fast as I can, without cutting corners, of course. Our number is 877-381-3811. 
Benjamin Netanyahu was on Fox and Friends this morning on Fox. One of the great leaders of all time. So, of course, the Israeli people had to put in a lightweight. Donald Trump, one of the greatest presidents of all time. So, of course, we have a lightweight in the Oval Office now. Same thing happened to Churchill, you know. British people decided, in essence, to vote him out. Wasn't big on socialist health care. They would eventually vote him back. Netanyahu. Now, why is Netanyahu on Fox and Friends today? What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? The terrorist state of Iran is within an eyelash of having a nuclear bomb. which will change the geopolitics, not of just the region, but all over the world. So the Putinoids, isolationists, of the populist nationalist right, and the Marxist left, really don't have any ideas on how to deal with this other than to put their head in the sand and say, what is it any of our business? What is it any of our business? If people who keep saying death to Americans in America can build an intercontinental ballistic missile with a warhead on it, why is it any of our business in New York and L.A., in Chicago and Miami, in Philadelphia, in Boston, in the state of Kansas and Nebraska, in the state of Pennsylvania <laughs> in New Jersey everywhere in between everywhere around why is it any of our business if terrorists have an ICBM with a nuclear warhead on it for God's sakes it is our business and when they make one they make more than one so what's happening what's going on exactly Even the worst Iran deal went from the five-yard line to the two-and-a-half-yard line because of even more dangerous concessions by the Biden administration and the European Union being offered to Iran. Newsweek reports President Joe Biden's administration has signaled progress in the 16-month effort to restore the 2015 nuclear deal with Iran as all parties involved await the U.S. response to Iran's comments on the final text circulated by the EU earlier this month. They received Iran's comments last week. On Monday, Joseph Borrell, the EU's high representative for foreign affairs and security, the organization's top diplomat described them as reasonable, said he was waiting for the U.S. response. Hours later, State Department spokesperson Ned Price told reporters the administration was still seriously reviewing the comments from Iran, while at the same time, quote, engaging with our partners, with the EU, with our European allies on the way ahead. Today, the Biden administration sent a response. And by the way, notice who they're not working with. Congress. 
even though Congress is controlled by the Democrats, Biden's keeping it all secret from Congress and the American people. Think about that. This should be a treaty issue. While it remains unclear whether Iran will agree to even this worst deal, the Biden administration's attempts to calm Israel's deep concerns are not working. Israel's Prime Minister Lapid, who's a leftist, sent a message to the White House today that the European Union draft nuclear agreement being discussed with Iran goes beyond the 2015 nuclear deal and isn't in line with the Biden administration's own red lines. Lapid said in, in the current situation, the time has come to walk away from the table. Anything else sends a message of weakness to Iran. And he said in a meeting with Representative Ted Duch, Democrat, chair of the House Foreign Affairs Committee on the Middle East. Now is the time to all. Now is the time to sit and talk about what to do going forward in order to prevent Iran from obtaining a nuclear weapon. And he's used the strongest words possible, certainly for him. That the potential is even worse with this deal. And he's right. Former Net, uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu on Fox and Friends said the following. Cut 15, go. I think this is a horrible deal, a dangerous deal, that will pave Iran's path with gold, a golden paved highway to a nuclear arsenal. If Iran has nuclear weapons, they don't merely threaten my country, Israel, or the entire Middle East and America's allies. They threaten you directly because simultaneously with developing nuclear weapons, they're developing the means to deliver them yep. across continents. So you could have an Iran governed by these uh, fanatic ayatollahs who will hold every American city hostage to nuclear weapons. I think this is a threat to the peace of the world, and that's what this horrible deal facilitates. It's even worse than the first one. Why? Why is it worse? Well, because, you know, President Obama, uh, in a moment of candor, said in a PBS interview in 2015 that by two, 2027, that's uh, five years from now, uh, Iran will have a breakout time to a bomb that is near zero. That's his words, not mine. And he was right. This deal is much closer to that time frame, and it gives Iran, right now, within two years, they can develop up to four, within four years, starting two years from now, they can develop added enrichment capacity of uranium, 3,500, 3,500 advanced centrifuges that each is 10 to 20 times stronger and more effective than the centrifuges that they have. They have about 5,000, so you're adding an enormous capacity to enrich uranium. That's the critical element of making nuclear bombs. The right. deal gives it to them. It gives them uh, right now, hundreds of billions of dollars, and by the end of the agreement, a trillion dollars to pursue their terror and aggression against everyone, against you and against us. Yeah. This is what the deal gives them. What does it ask of them? Nothing. It doesn't ask of them to change their behavior, to stop terror, to stop calling for the destruction of Israel, to stop bombing the, the neighborhood countries like Saudi Arabia and the, the Gulf states. It doesn't ask of them anything. It doesn't stop their development of ballistic missiles. It doesn't even guarantee that their sites will be inspected. This is a deal that gives them everything to threaten all of us and gives nothing to us in return. 
Now think about this. This is the man, Biden, who surrendered to the Taliban and created a disaster. This is the man, Biden, who showed the utmost weakness to the communist Chinese, has bent over backwards to accommodate them on trade, on our own domestic monitoring of their spy activity. He withdrew a special program focused on communist China, saying it appeared to be based on ethnicity. This is a man, Biden, who won't secure the southern border, through which communist China is sending, with Mexican drug cartels, fentanyl and colored pills for little kids, killing 110,000 Americans, mostly millennials, last year. We're on a record to break it. Joe Biden is a menace. He's a disaster. Whatever he touches turns to S. Look at the world. Look at our world. Look at our country. He is a fool. In his best days, he was a fool. He is a thoroughly incompetent and stupid man with an outsized ego. He's a dangerous man. He's in the Oval Office. They keep talking about Trump. We need to talk about Biden. He is a dangerous man. And he is corrupt. He is bought and paid for by the enemy in communist China. He and his whole damn family. Very few people have the guts to say that, which is one of the reasons why they try to destroy Donald Trump. They want to distract us. No, 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 you don't understand. Trump's the danger. No, 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 you don't understand. Trump's the one who's a threat to the Constitution. No, no, you don't understand. It's Trump who's reckless. It's Trump we can't... Tr oh, really? For the greatest years in modern American history, not for the press, not for the Democrats, not for Washington, but for the American people. This is worse than appeasement. This is a complete sellout to the enemy. They're not going to prevent Iran from getting nuclear weapons. They're going to hasten it. They're giving them a pathway to an arsenal of nuclear weapons. Iran would receive $275 billion in first-year sanctions relief, with hundreds of billions more to come, up to a trillion dollars. Terrorism sanctions will be rolled back on Iran without any halt of its sponsorship of terrorism. And this is a regime that has put assassination hits out on Mike Pompeo and John Bolton and other officials in this administration and other private sit in the prior administration and other private citizens in this country. Rushdie as an example. Who's talking about this tonight? Nobody. Except me. Why is that? Gives Russia a path to evade sanctions pressure as a pivotal moment of its illegitimate invasion of Ukraine. So in other words, 
Russia will become tighter and tighter with Iran and economically tied more, militarily tied more together. Through this. So what should the Biden administration do? It should do what it's not going to do, which is walk away. Put in the sanctions that were there before. Donald Trump had this regime on the run. It was sinking. He put his foot on their throat. They were dying economically. They dare not cross him. Because when he, he ordered the kill on Soleimani, he sent a message. The way Reagan did to Gaddafi. And they feared Trump. They laugh at Biden. When they laugh at Biden, they laugh at the United States. And when they don't have fear, there's no deterrence. And we've been sending one wet noodle after another to negotiate with this killer genocidal regime that has said what it wants to do to America. Death to America? They're going to have the ability to do that, ladies and gentlemen. Where are all the putinoids with their hemorrhoids on TV and radio? How come they're not speaking out? Because it, it contradicts with what they've been telling you about their philosophy and ideology. Because they don't know what to do. Because they're buffoonish. That's why. This is a big deal. And Joe Biden is not going to consult with Congress. He's not going to even have a vote in Congress. Let alone a vote on a treaty in Congress. He's going to do it all by himself. Just as he has wiped away student loans just as he has wiped away our immigration laws. And Maggot Haberman over at the New York Slimes and her pathetic colleagues, Philip Bump over there at the Washington Compost and his pathetic colleagues, they'll be cheering all the way. It's fantastic. Now let's get Donald Trump. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Right now, every business is trying to nickel and dime you. How much can they squeeze you to offset their increasing costs? It's a mess. That's why I love Pure Talk, my wireless company. And I want it to be your wireless company. Pure Talk drew the line in the sand and said, stop screwing over the American public. So when you sign up with Pure Talk this month, you're going to get their best ever offer. One month free. One month free. You can lock in talk, text, and data on America's most reliable 5G network for just 30 bucks a month. Plus, get one month free when you make the switch today. Just go to puretalk.com and enter code Levin Podcast for this special offer. That's L-E-V-I-N Podcast. Need another reason? When you choose Pure Talk, you're choosing to support American jobs. You're choosing to support a company whose CEO is a U.S. veteran. And with Pure Talk's no-risk money-back guarantee, you won't regret it. Go to puretalk.com, select a plan, and enter promo code Levin Podcast. That's L-E-V-I-N Podcast, and get one month free. It's amazing, isn't it, when you look over the last two years? What Iran is doing now, what China's doing now, what's Russia doing now, Venezuela working with Russia as they have war games in our hemisphere. 
the communist Chinese regime building 29 ports in our hemisphere in Central and South America, about to take control of both ends of the Panama Canal. This push for so-called green energy, there is no such thing as green energy. Either there's energy or there's not. Batteries. Where do batteries come from? They just poof? They just appear? You need rare, rare minerals in order to build these batteries. And what do you do with these batteries after they die out in 10 years? There's nowhere to put them. And what about the electrical grid? Can the electrical grid handle all this charging? No, it can't. So we haven't built the electrical grid. We don't protect the electrical grid from the enemy. The batteries for these cars, the vast majority of the elements, come from either the communist Chinese or territories that they control. 70% of the world's cobalt, which must be used in these batteries, is in the Congo and our corrupt regime, which is controlled 100% by the communist Chinese. And don't get me started with Afghanistan, where there's more of these minerals that we need, and Ukraine, which is one of the reasons Russia wants to take it. Just look what's going on around the world. Our enemies are always 100 steps in front of us. Joe Biden's walking in the walls. They're walking backwards. They're jogging backwards around us, and they're laughing about it. Since when does communist Chinese threaten us? Since when does Putin threaten us with nuclear war? And the Iranians get away with murder. And then we have our Tokyo Roses out there with microphones and cameras and radio and TV with newspapers. Then it's America's fault, an endless war. Let me tell you something. The enemy doesn't look at the world that way. We can say we don't want any more endless wars, but they don't. World War II wasn't an endless war, but by God, we paid for it in blood and in every other way. And I smell it. I smell it. It's coming. I smell it. And I fear it. And I don't think we're ready either. Stars are not lining up for us. They're lining up for our enemies. And this this nut in the Oval Office is arming up the Iranians. I'll be right back. Right now, every business is trying to nickel and dime you. How much can they squeeze you to offset their increasing costs? It's a mess. That's why I love Pure Talk, my wireless company, and I want it to be your wireless company. Pure Talk drew the line in the sand and said, stop screwing over the American public. So when you sign up with Pure Talk this month, you're going to get their best ever offer, one month free, one month free. You can lock in talk, text, and data on America's most reliable 5G network, for just 30 bucks a month. Plus, get one month free when you make the switch today. Just go to puretalk.com and enter code Levin Podcast for this special offer. That's L E V I N Podcast. Need another reason? 
When you choose Pure Talk, you're choosing to support American jobs. You're choosing to support a company whose CEO is a U.S. veteran. And with Pure Talk's no-risk money-back guarantee, you won't regret it. Go to puretalk.com, select a plan, and enter promo code Levin Podcast. That's L-E-V-I-N Podcast, and get one month free. Mark Levin, America's passionately cerebral voice. Talk with that voice now, 877-381-3811. I do want to get into a number of issues regarding this last election, including how the media are trying to dispirit and demoralize you. Please don't let it happen. <laughs> the media is so damn corrupt. It's truly so pathetic. But I do want to turn or return to this issue regarding Mar-a-Lago. I want to summarize for you what we discussed the other night. How does the Department of Justice get around the Presidential Records Act of 1978? As two true constitutional experts and appellate litigators... David Rivkin and Casey Lee, excuse me, Lee Casey wrote in the Wall Street Journal that grants a former president not only access to his administration's documents, classified or not, I underscore, classified or not, but it provides him with special control over the documents where even Congress or the current president or the current administration are limited to the access of these documents except in extraordinary situations that are laid out in the statute. And it doesn't say a single word about where the president can maintain these documents, where they are to be possessed. And he can essentially control these documents for several years after he leaves the White House. And that requires the National Archives to negotiate a date for, for them to be provided to the National Archives. But remember, originally these documents belonged to presidents, all the way up to and through Jimmy Carter. Richard Nixon sued in 1992, Nixon versus the United States, and he demanded compensation for the records because Congress passed a law basically aimed at him, saying he had to return the records, and even the court said, well, you do need to compensate him. And then it changed that the records are presumed to be public records. But they also determined, when they passed this law in 1978, the Presidential Records Act, that while the president would no longer own the records, he had very liberal use of the records. He could possess the records. How else do you get to go through records? And only under extraordinary circumstances, as I said, in the first several years of him possessing those records, is he required to even share them with Congress, <coughs> the current president or his administration. And again, the test is in the, the conditions are in the statute. How long can he keep these records? 
that has to be negotiated with the National Archives. And again, there's no distinction between classified or unclassified records. Now, you would think since I've mentioned this to millions and millions and millions of you, and since my every syllable behind this microphone is recorded and written down by the enemy, by many in the media who monitor this show, and the fact it's on MarkLevinShow.com within an hour after I leave the air, and the fact that it's repeated on a podcast an hour after I leave the air, that the maggot Habermans of the world, the Philly bumps of the world, and the other frauds and phonies who pretend to be journalists will be at least aware of the Presidential Records Act of 1978 and its specific elements. As described also, if they want the shorter version, by Rivlin and, uh, and Casey. And their Wall Street Journal piece, which I read almost in whole to you. That is, to the whole world, including these journalists. The issue here is not a criminal one. It's not the Espionage Act. It's not obstruction. It's not the taking of government documents, stealing government documents and bringing them to Mar-a-Lago. And so what happens, you see, is we have legal analysts, many of whom are former federal prosecutors, who look at these matters through the lenses of these prosecutors, the allegations of these prosecutors, the leaks of these prosecutors, of which they are biased toward. And so by being misled, they mislead you. There's no question the Fourth Amendment was violated here, in my opinion. There's no question they grabbed everything they could looking for other things unrelated to those three criminal statutes. There's no question, in my view, they violated the president's privileges, and intentionally so. No question in my mind that the Svengali, who's the U.S. attorney in Washington, is the invisible hand orchestrating this. And there's no question anymore the White House did know about it, including Joe Biden, and he's lying through his his false teeth. But that aside, that aside, how does the Department of Justice get around the Presidential Records Act of 1978? And why are there so many incompetent ignoramuses with law degrees all over television spewing their stupidity for the whole world to see? They're wrong all the time, all the damn time, other than one or two really exceptional ones. Presidential records. <laughs> then the question is, well, is this about access or ownership? No, that's not the question. It's not about access or ownership. I don't even know what that means. Ownership. Ownership? Well, you know, the president did say, these are mine. Well, how do we know he said that? Because it was leaked to a newspaper. Because one of his guys apparently testified that in front of a grand jury and others agree. Well, that's a crime, you know. 
leaking secret testimony in front of a grand jury. But that, of course, doesn't matter. That's an acceptable crime when the target is Trump. But we don't even know the context for that statement. But it's utterly irrelevant. Completely irrelevant. How does ownership manifest itself? It's at Mar-a-Lago. You're within a two-year period. There's at least a five-year period where this, where the documents under this law are in the control of the president, the former president of the United States, with all kinds of restrictions on anybody else's access, including the existing president. It's in the law. You have to meet certain requirements if you want access to them. Is that ownership? What makes that ownership? Well, because he said he owns them. Who cares? Certainly not criminal, is it, ladies and gentlemen? Oh, it violates the espionage. Oh, let's get him, get him, get him, get him. I told you before, a president can't violate the Espionage Act. And an ex-president who, as president, decides to take the documents with him can't violate it. Now, give you a contrary example. If an ex-president were provided classified information as an ex-president, and it was done in a way that violates the Espionage Act, yes, they could be charged. But not a sitting president who makes the decision to take these documents with him. And that's expected. That's why there's no distinction under the Presidential Records Act between classified and unclassified. An ex-president of the United States has access to what a few years back were his own private documents. Classified or not. Now, this is the law Congress passed. This is how they tried to deal with the balance between what the Constitution provides, that a president is the executive branch, under the first sentence of Section 1 of Article 2. And the need to have these documents and protect these documents. So why did the Department of Justice list three criminal statutes that literally have no application to an ex-president's possession of records under the Presidential Records Act? There is no justification. I can't even think of one. Nothing. Well, he had these documents and we wanted them back. You don't get them back. Unless it meets one of these exceptions or conditions under the statute. And if the president doesn't want to give them back, then you go to court and get a court order that directs him to turn them over. Under some legitimate justification. You don't get a search warrant because he has documents at his house. You don't need a search warrant for that. But I have this sixth sense, S-I-X-T-H, sixth sense, that tells me that they have some spies in there who are going to say that not only did they move the documents around, which, of course, he's allowed to do. Yes, he is. But that they were concerned documents were being destroyed. 
the destruction of documents. And we can't have that. The destruction of documents. But that's not what those three criminal statutes are about. The destruction of documents. So here we sit and wait. While the nation is distracted from Iran, China, from the border, the crime that's taking place in this country is almost never mentioned. How does the Department of Justice get around the Presidential Records Act? It doesn't. So there's something else going on. And this judge is not a judge, he's a master. And as I've said over and over again, I've never heard of a master handling a case that's so significant. Normally goes to a full-fledged judge. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Right now, every business is trying to nickel and dime you. How much can they squeeze you to offset their increasing costs? It's a mess. That's why I love Pure Talk, my wireless company, and I want it to be your wireless company. Pure Talk drew the line in the sand and said, stop screwing over the American public. So when you sign up with Pure Talk this month, you're going to get their best ever offer, one month free, one month free. You can lock in talk, text, and data on America's most reliable 5G network, for just 30 bucks a month. Plus get one month free when you make the switch today. Just go to puretalk.com and enter code Levin Podcast for this special offer. That's L-E-V-I-N Podcast. Need another reason? When you choose Pure Talk, you're choosing to support American jobs. You're choosing to support a company whose CEO is a U.S. veteran. And with Pure Talk's no-risk money-back guarantee, you won't regret it. Go to puretalk.com, select a plan, and enter promo code Levin Podcast. That's L-E-V-I-N Podcast, and get one month free. Now, next hour, I'm going to talk a little bit about the primaries that took place yesterday. The media want you to believe that this district in New York determines everything. Everything. Used to be represented by a Democrat, but he became the lieutenant governor of New York. Republican was supposed to win the seat, even though it had been held by a Democrat. Yes, you see, in 2016, the district went for Trump by seven points. It went for Biden in 2020 by two points. What happened? Abortion. The women came out in droves because they support abortion. By the way, is there a problem getting abortions in New York, Mr. Producer? It's uh, like one of the most radical, aggressive abortion states uh, on the planet. They have more open abortion rules than North Korea. All right. Well, they'll get the drive-throughs at one point. So what happened here? This is what they call, quote-unquote, bellwether. How do I know? Because everybody's saying bellwether. Democrat Pat Ryan beat Mark Molinaro. All the women are 
are registering. Well, maybe women around the country are registering because they're fed up what's happening to their kids in the classroom. Maybe it's that, no, no, it's abortion. Women love abortion. That's their number one issue. Abortion, 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 abortion. Not crime. Not life. Not inflation. Not gas prices. Not immigration. Not the threat of enemies getting nuclear weapons. No abortion. Especially in New York. It's abortion. Did I say abortion? Yes. So the media have told us this district is a bellwether. What happens here may well likely determine what happens in 75 days. So Republicans, you might as well give up. You might as well just say, forget it. Really? Well, let's talk about that. I'll be right back. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. Prices on just about everything are still rising. And thanks to my friends at CarShield, I don't have to worry about how much it'll cost to fix my car when it breaks down. Their price will never go up, and they help handle everything. CarShield offers protection plans for around 100 bucks a month. They cover more parts than ever before, whether your car is 5,000 or 150,000 miles. Every protection plan includes coast-to-coast roadside assistance, courtesy towing, and rental car options at no extra cost. And like I mentioned earlier, when you get coverage today, you'll lock in your price. It can never go up. Car show does my back when my car breaks down, and they'll have yours too. Get coverage like I did. Go to carshield.com slash mark or call 800-391-8888. You'll save 10% on your plan either way. That's carshield.com slash mark or 800-391-8888 to save 10%. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. We will take calls later on this hour, 877-381-3811. Apparently, you don't need to be much of a thinker. Apparently, you don't need to think at all to work at Mediaite, just like Media Matters. Just young, inexperienced, barely literate, and an ideologue of the left. Now, a perfect example of this is Michael Luciano. He's a Luciano. And he wants you to know, because he's so worldly, 
Let's see here. I want you to know that this election really came down to one place. Quote, this is a significant victory for Democrats. Republicans lose special election in swing district. They were poised to win. Democrat Pat Ryan is headed to Congress after defeating Republican Mark Molinaro in a special election on Tuesday night. With just a small handful of votes left to be counted, Ryan leads 52 to 48 percent in New York's 19th congressional district. Last month, multiple polls showed Ryan trailing by double digits. Not surprisingly, Republicans were optimistic about capturing the seat, which Democrat Antonio Delgado vacated to become lieutenant governor of the state in May, located in upstate New York. The 19th went for Donald Trump by seven points in 2016 and Joe Biden by two in 2020. District is largely rural, which is why Republicans were optimistic about flipping the seat in a midterm election, because historically... The president's party endures a net loss in House seats. MSNBC Steve Kornacki was the network's big board parsing county vote data just before NBC News called the race. With what appears to be left in the district, that is an incredibly steep hill to climb for Molinaro to make up basically 3,300 votes with what we know to be left in this district right now. Pat Ryan, the Democrat, is in. There it is. NBC News just called it. Now, Ryan, who made abortion rights a focal point of his campaign, will have to face re-election in November. However, that he managed to win this election bodes well not just for him, but other Democrat House candidates, according to MSNBC's Kornacki. This is a significant victory, not just for Pat Ryan in this district. It's significant victory for Democrats nationally. As it gets to the heart of the question that we've been asking politically, for the last two months. And that is whether the political climate in this country has changed, specifically in the wake of the Supreme Court ruling that overturned Roe v. Wade. Kornacki said the result indicates Democrats may have a chance at maintaining their slim majority after November. And it goes on. Well, Kornacki is a cornutty. If you don't turn out, they're right. But this is one special election in one district. One special election in one district. Is it true, ladies and gentlemen? Is it true? Should we all pack up and call it a year? Call it a day? Just accept our fate? Is that what we should do, ladies and gentlemen? Because of this district in rural New York was supposed to go Republican, we're told, and it went Democrat even though a Democrat used to hold the seat? Is that it? Well, I wonder, is it time to give up? Well, over at Hot Air, that question is raised by Ed Morrissey. Gulp, does a special election loss in New York mean the end of the red wave? Answer, probably not. Special elections have special turnout models that don't necessarily translate into predictive regular election turnout indicators, a point to which they make. But still, as Punchbowl reports, Democrats got a surprising bragging point last night in New York's 19th. The apparent win in an R plus 3 congressional district, I don't know how it's R plus 3 when it used to be held by a Democrat, gives them an opportunity for some meaty spin before the kickoff of the general election. And of course, meaty spins means meatyite. And all the other fraudulent sites. 
And so, Malinara will have to try again in November in the redrawn district and hope that Biden's unpopular enough for his message to register. It's worth noting, though, that Biden won this district in 2020, 50 to 48, even with the R plus 3 registration advantage. So this may not have been a great test case in the first place for the red wave theory. Washington Post points this out as a sign of Democratic comeback. Well, they all do. New York Slimes, Washington Compost, Mediaite, in part because of superior candidate selection as well as concerns over the end of Roe. It's possible that these factors will lead into a Republican wave in November. Can we determine that from one special election in a near-even district? Veteran election analyst Dave Wasserman at Cook Political Report casts considerable cold water on that proposition and notes that the overall special election score tilts the other way this summer. What? It's true. Even after the Supreme Court published the Dobbs decision, Republicans have won three out of four House races. Hello! Three out of four House races, special elections. One could even argue that we should include the Texas and California contests. Since the Dobbs decision leaked in early May and Democrats started messaging on abortion almost immediately. In this particular race, the outcome last night ended up matching the 2020 presidential outcome. Hmm. So what they're saying is in California and Texas, in those special elections, a Republican won as well. That's five out of six. Don't tell Mediaite. Hello. So what does last night's surprise win for Democrats tell us, really? It means that Republicans aren't going to walk over Democrats without effective messaging and campaigning. Even in this midterm environment, the long-reach districts may not be as competitive as the GOP thought. But thus far, this special election has been the only real surprise. It's it. It's actually almost identical to what the district did in 2020 at that. Maybe all this tells us is the House polling in specific districts for specific elections stinks. As if we needed a reminder of that. So it doesn't tell us anything. And there's also one other point I want to mention. In a lot of these close districts in the Northeast, Republicans are leaving. They're leaving for places like Florida, Texas, Tennessee, so forth. In New York, in New Jersey, parts of Pennsylvania, Connecticut, they're being depopulated by Republicans or locusts. That would be Democrats who vote to destroy their own states and then come to a free state and destroy that. But nonetheless, I'm not talking about locusts right now. I'm talking about Republicans. And so it is that that can make a difference of two, three, four, five thousand votes. Because you don't need five thousand votes to win if you lost. You need twenty five hundred and one to win, right, Mr. Producer? You need to flip half the votes. Because you're denying your opponent half the votes and you're adding them to your tally. Yeah, think about that. And so, no, that special election didn't tell us anything. No, it didn't. 
But there were elections elsewhere that seem rather interesting that aren't getting the attention they deserve as far as I'm concerned. Not in the least. And when we come back, I want to tell you about them. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Fox News. Governor DeSantis, I have a new shirt. That a very kind person sent to me. Saw this person at a diner I go to from time to time. And uh, they were from Daytona, I think, which is like 250 miles from where I am. They recognized me, and her husband was wearing a very cool T-shirt. It looked like a Disney T-shirt, but it said DeSantis Land. Freedom. I said, gee, that's a cool shirt. Well, I'll get you one. I said, no, no, you don't have to. No, 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 what size? Double X. They sent it to me. And I'm wearing it on Levin TV tonight. It's very cool. Levin TV. Check it out. This guy DeSantis really is unbelievable. He has turned this state into what Hong Kong used to be. The freest place on earth. Florida is the freest place on earth. It literally is the freest place on earth. Keeps taxes under control. There's no income tax. Keeps crime under control. It's a fantastic place. Not just because it's Florida. So many wonderful, beautiful places have been destroyed, but you compare this state to California, beautiful state, used to have so much industry, so much productivity. Florida is, in fact, due to DeSantis, the freest place on earth. Not just the freest state, the freest place. Now, you hear the media talking about this district in New York. You hear the media talking about women. We're registering in large numbers. It must be because they're so thrilled with abortion on demand, aborting babies right before birth, because that's where the Democrats stand. It's a choice to kill a baby. DeSantis-backed candidates flip Florida school board from liberal to conservative. The Florida school board wins are being touted as victories against woke indoctrination. Conservatives across the state of Florida celebrated last night after control of the Sarasota County School Board shifted from liberal to conservative. That's no small area either. Bridget Ziegler, Robin Marinelli, Timothy Enos were all endorsed by Florida Republican Ron DeSantis and were all victorious in their elections for Sarasota School Board. 
Various conservatives in the state touted the victories and suggested they represented a shift against critical race theory and other woke policies that DeSantis and Republicans in Florida have rallied against. Sarasota School Board had a 3-2 liberal majority. Christina Pushaw, Rapid Response Director for DeSantis' re-election campaign, tweeted on Tuesday, she's great. Today, Ron DeSantis endorsed candidates one and flipped the school board, so it's now four to one anti-wokes indoctrination and pro-parental rights. But it's more than that. And by the way, we have these fantastic grassroots groups like the 1776 Project and Moms Organizations. Listen to this. Former Associated Press editor Ted Bridus tweeted Tuesday night that 25 of the 30 conservative school board candidates endorsed by DeSantis won seats across Florida, which will make it easier than ever to reimagine classroom politics in public schools. So you have DeSantis, they reached all the way down to the school board level and got thoroughly involved. You want to hear this one? DeSantis also had a big night in Miami-Dade County where conservative school board candidates took control. 1776 Project PAC tweeted, huge, both of our candidates in Miami-Dade County just won their elections, flipping the school board conservative. Miami-Dade is now the largest county in America with a conservative school board majority. Roberto Alonzo and Monica Kaluki. School districts throughout the state of Florida, including in liberal counties, flipped. Flipped. What does that mean? What does that mean, MSLSD? What does that mean, Constipated News Network? What does that mean, Mediaite? I got to come up with a new name for those fools. What does it mean? Are those bellwether districts? Are those bellwether elections? You see, ladies, in particular, this stereotype that you're registering and voting more because you're obsessed with abortion. This is your number one issue. That all you women out there either want to get abortions or want access to abortions that that's your number one priority and that all the radical Democrats represent all you women they always say we represent half the country do they do they and what do we mean by abortion notice we never have that debate do we no never just a right just a debate about rights what do we mean by abortion? No, 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 it's a right. Well, what is it? No, it's a right. So what do you say? What's going on in Florida? And by the way, as you may know, in New York, we were preempted two nights in a row in the third hour. But nobody behind a microphone can analyze these things as well as I do. I've been doing it a long time. No Johnny come lightlys. You had two old people who've been hangers-on fighting over a redistricted district 
covering much of Manhattan. And the dumber of the two won. Now, don't get me wrong. They're both Cretans. Maloney and Nadler. But the dumber of the two actually won. Now, as a practical matter, it doesn't matter. Because they vote exactly the same way. They just have different genitalia. Now, remember, genitalia is not so bad to uh, matter. But Maloney said she lost because of... She's a woman. I thought to myself, Mr. Producer, what's the definition of a woman? How do we know Maloney's a woman? Let alone what's between her legs. It's what's between her ears that matters. Which in her case is nothing. I'll be right back. If you want to talk to Mark, we have two numbers for you to call. For regular Americans, call 877-381-3811. For liberals, call 877-381-3811. John Fetterman. John Fetterman lived with his parents till he was 50 years old. And never held a private job, never held a job of any kind. And he wants to represent the people... Pennsylvania in the Senate. See, he's figured out he can get a steady pay, steady job, if he gets elected. Got elected to, as a small town mayor. Then he got elected lieutenant governor of Pennsylvania, which does nothing. Now he wants to be a U.S. senator. And he's basically following the Joe Biden campaign method. He's hiding in his basement. He had a stroke, a very serious stroke. And rather than withdrawing, or rather than his wife saying, Honey, don't you think we had to focus on your health and family? These people are egomaniacs, including the wives. And so he's still running for the Senate. The other day, he, he dared to make an appearance. So we knew we'd have a long winter. You know, it's like the uh, Pennsylvania, whatever it was called. I forget the name of the thing. But he made an appearance, so they said, all right, now we're going to have a long winter. And he had trouble speaking. It was apparent to everybody. That's what happens when you have a serious stroke. It's not to be joked about, it's not to be mocked, but the man's putting himself out there. He wants to be a senator. One of 100 people to represent not only Pennsylvania, but the entire country. People have a right to know this. He will not debate Dr. Oz because he can't. And his views are so radical that they're doing everything they can to take attention off him and to make Dr. Oz's wealth an issue. Now, Dr. Oz, unlike Joe Biden and the Biden family, unlike old man Joe Kennedy Sr., unlike so many Democrats, came by his wealth the honest way. By you. You watching his various shows and so forth. But they're trying to make it controversial. Dr. Oz actually does have a hometown in Pennsylvania. Notice I was never a big issue with Biden, who spent about 14 seconds in Scranton. Dr. Oz is a mainstream traditional conservative. That's what he is. He's taking the opportunities that this country offers and he's made and he's taken advantage of them which is what you're supposed to do it's called the american dream 
John Fetterman, much like his hero, Karl Marx, lived off his father. Karl Marx's father was a wealthy lawyer, had to pay his rent, had to give him spending money. He used that spending money, by the way, to play the equivalent of the stock market in London while he was preaching what became known as Marxism slash communism. Fetterman's the same. It's a stupid-looking, big dummy. He wants to walk his way into a Senate seat, and you're not allowed to comment on what's taking place. Here's Mediate again. Mediate is a hemorrhoid on the body politic. John Fetterman hits back as Dr. Oz campaign, mocking his stroke with vegetables insult, could never imagine ridiculing someone for their health, he says. A vegetables insult? Really? So they get very defensive of their defective candidates, of their radical left-wing candidates. Very, very defensive. You can say anything you want about Donald Trump, his looks, his body, his intelligence, his life, anything you want. You can even do it with Melania. You can do it with his kids. Don't say anything about Big John Fetterman. Because they want him to win. You can't really mock Fetterman. To listen to him is to listen to gibberish. Even when he had his wits. A left-wing kook, just like his hero Joe Biden. Just like his hero, Bernie Sanders. I would ask the people of Pennsylvania. I was born in Pennsylvania. I was raised in Pennsylvania. I didn't leave Pennsylvania until I was about 20 years old. That's not true either. Maybe 22. And I love the state of Pennsylvania. It's a beautiful state with wonderful people. <coughs> it's very diverse. Do you really want a Bernie Sanders of Vermont representing the rugged, intelligent, hardworking people of Pennsylvania. The guy wants to shut down the entire industry, oil industry in Pennsylvania. Now, that may not matter to Philadelphia and the Philadelphia suburbs where I grew up, but it sure as hell does matter to western Pennsylvania, particularly southwestern Pennsylvania, which produces... As states go, it's the fourth amount of oil and natural gas in this country. $80 billion in in production. So this guy doesn't want to represent Pennsylvania. He wants to represent Philadelphia. Well, let him run for the mayor of Philadelphia. But he says he's for the little guy. They always say they're for the little guy. You know what they're for? Screwing the little guy. But don't mention, don't mention the fact that he has health issues. Don't mention the fact that Biden has health issues. No, no, no. And don't mention the fact that apparently Dianne Feinstein has health issues. No, 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 no. Well, why not? There was a day when people needed to know before they voted. It's not to mock him. How do you mock or criticize somebody? No, it has nothing to do with that. He's running for the Senate. That seat belongs to the people of Pennsylvania, not to the Democrat Party, not to the phony, fraudulent, corrupt media, and not to John Fetterman. How can John Fetterman represent working people when he never worked? 
Doesn't that bother you? The man never worked. His sister sells him her home for one dollar. I don't even know if you're allowed to do that. Are you allowed to do that? Sell somebody your home for one dollar? Probably overpaid for it. But I'm just saying. Father subsidized him. The mother subsidized him. The sister subsidized him. Perfect candidate. It's a welfare case. It's a multi-millionaire welfare case. Trust fund baby. Even though he's 6'9 or whatever the hell he is. And he ta- every position he takes is extremist. Extremist. Because he's never experienced. He's never lived the kind of life most people have to live. He's never had to work for a damn thing. Now, if you were really compassionate and really humane over there at Mediate and the other phony fraud sites, you would encourage the man to step down for his own well-being, to take care of his health, to take care of his family. That's what Dr. Jill should have done with Knucklehead, but she didn't do that either. That's what the media should have done with Knucklehead. But no. They got behind Biden because they figured he could win. They got behind Fetterman because they think he can win. And then they trashed Dr. Oz. Who's been enormously successful on his own. He didn't inherit millions and millions of dollars. He didn't live at home until he was 50. He broke into very, very difficult industries. As a migrant. And as an immigrant. And he did it the legal way. So he's to be put down. If we had an honest media in this country, it wouldn't even be close. They do the same thing to Herschel Walker in Georgia. They do the same thing to J.D. Vance now in Ohio. And guess what, ladies and gentlemen? These races are getting very close. It's true. Dr. Oz is only about four points behind, give or take, right now. And part of the reason he's behind is because certain Republicans... I have questions. I have some doubts. I really do. We have some people in our party, some people in our movement who apparently don't realize that this is the election of all elections. That we have to begin our crawl back, our clawing back right now, in 2022. That we need to surprise the media. We need to surprise the Democrats. We need to surprise the rhinos like Mitch McConnell. And turn out in mass. That's why the media are trying to dispirit you. Screw the media. They're an in-kind contribution to the Democrat Party. But Fetterman is a disaster. New York, you have a fantastic opportunity to have an unbelievable governor. Zeldin would be an unbelievable governor. Instead, you have this... (laughs) Who is a disaster. All she cares about, abortion on demand, abortion on demand... She doesn't want to change the bail laws. I don't know how Democrats in New York City can vote for these people anymore. I just don't know. They're experiencing hell at the hands of these Democrats. 
But part of the problem is, as I mentioned earlier, these states, these dark blue states are being depopulated. Republicans are leaving, so it's getting harder and harder for Republicans to win in these races, especially statewide. Bet you didn't hear that last night on WABC. But it's true. It's becoming a problem. So as much as people want to flee to freedom, part of the problem is it affects these local elections, it affects these state elections, and it affects the Electoral College, in my humble opinion. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Joe Manchin. Joe Manchin has had both feet firmly planted in the air, and in the end, he stabbed West Virginians in the back as they're going to unleash 87,000 more IRS agents, total of 170,000. And if any of you are audited, any of you are worried about your taxes, you can thank Joe Manchin, Mr. Moderate. Joe Manchin is putting the final nail on the coal industry. The coal industry begged him not to support this bill, but he did anyway. As your electricity prices go up, as your fuel prices go up, as there are shortages, as there will be all over the country, and in West Virginia, an energy-producing state, you can thank old Joe. Old Joe. Joe Biden and Joe Manchin. Well, Manchin votes about 98% with Joe Biden. Did you know that? He votes for Chuck Schumer to be the leader of the Democrat Party, the most radical leader of the Democrat Party in recent history. That's Joe Manchin of West Virginia, quite the moderate. Manchin has a negative 23 points, 11 positive, 34% negative. He had the highest share of voters who said they didn't even know who the hell he is. Disdain for Manchin, according to this piece in uh, NBC News, spanned political parties. 40% of Democrats, 31% of Republicans, 30% of independents. Now, if you're a loser, you say, that demonstrates I'm doing the right thing. No, it demonstrates you're a schmuck. You know, he was a hero because he blocked this massive bill. And then he was the one of the co-authors of the second massive bill. Manchin said he's concerned about inflation. It turns out he's a buddy of Bill Gates's too. A regular guy, common man among men and women who are worth $100 billion. That's our Joe. Now, if he runs again, I, I got to believe he can be defeated. I got to believe he can be defeated. He's a poser. That is... He's a drama queen. He tries to project an image of a very thoughtful guy, but he's a very dumb guy. I mean, thoughtful for himself, thoughtful for power. He's the last phony moderate Democrat. And you people who live in these districts with these phony moderate Democrats, you have got to have the courage to vote against them because they all vote for the same radical Democrat leadership. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, our truckers, and the men and women in Ukraine and Taiwan. God bless you all. And you great patriots out there, thank you. 
I'll see you tomorrow. Be well.